Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan, and this is my Memorial Day monologue. The key word is memorial, which is related to memory, and the admonition to remember. Memory connects us to our traditions and to our history. History is the link to our past, and history predicts our future. Like most of you, I learned history in school. Frankly, it was pretty boring. We had to learn and memorize a list of dates on which something happened and then regurgitate that list on tests correctly to get a good grade. High school history was a little more intensive, a little more in-depth, but still there was no real connection made between the history, what happened, the events and the overlying principles, the most important principles, why our country turned out to be what it did, all of those things were only barely related to a list of events that happened in the founding of our nation, and frankly, even in world history. And I bet that sounds familiar to most of you. In the early decades after World War II, the impact of the government on your daily life wasn't all that great. Life was good. It went along just fine after World War II. There weren't a lot of regulations and rules. The economy was booming, and life was good for us. The relationship of the federal government to we the people was definitely changing, but those changes were so gradual that we barely noticed. We got a taste of trouble during the Vietnam War and the Arab oil embargo, but for the most part, big government and the forces of evil were pretty much hidden from us until September 11th, 2001. Suddenly, the sexual adventures of Bill Clinton became a back-page story. The international landscape was no longer in our control. The politics and actual warfare among other nations threatened our security and our way of life. Things changed in a big way 
after September 11, 2001. We had to be more careful, more rules, more regulations. The government started to intrude on our natural law rights, started to intrude on the Bill of Rights, the rights that are guaranteed us, guaranteed to be protected and secured by the federal government. And suddenly, the federal government was just plain not doing its job. And that is when we realized that the American honeymoon Once you hear Dr. Dan, weekends on WJRB 95.1 FM, you'll know he's right. Really, this is a nation that is built upon the concept of private property ownership. As a matter of fact, the right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Catch Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. and again Sundays at 2.30 p.m. and 7 p.m. on News Talk 95.1. America has an incredible history of providing freedom and economic opportunity to a degree unsurpassed in human history. If you are willing to work hard and follow basic human decency guidelines, you can achieve unlimited success right here in our nation. Just look around you, at your family, your friends, and your neighbors. Even the poor among us live far better than most of the world's people. That is why they are all trying to get into our country by any means. America is not perfect, and we cannot change our history. Nevertheless, as individuals and as a nation, we must learn from past sins to improve our behaviors now and in the future. When it comes to the subject of history, I divide people into four groups. Group one, people who are truly ignorant of history. Maybe they never learned, maybe they never finished school, but they are ignorant of history. Group two is people who do know some history, but do not understand its importance. They know that things happen, but they can't relate them to the bigger principles we know are important. Group three are people who know history, understand its importance, but are resigned to accept whatever happens as inevitable, and not in their control. These people sit on the sofa, they sit on the couch, and let the world go by without any attempt to intervene in things that happen that really they know are going to end badly, but they just aren't willing to exert the effort to get off the couch and participate and prevent inevitable failures. Group four are people who know history, 
understand the significance of past events and use the successes and failures of the past to alter the future of humanity. These are the people that we have to take into account. They understand trends. They understand the cycles of history. The question is, are, are they going to use that knowledge for the good of humanity, for the good of our nation, or are they going to use it for evil purposes that will harm people and harm nations? Unfortunately, too many people fall into the first two groups. We have all seen those segments in which a TV host asks history questions to random folks in the street. It is truly appalling that so many of them cannot answer basic questions. Who doesn't know who George Washington was? Who doesn't know who the current president or vice president is? Those are questions that are easily missed by many people. It is the third and fourth groups, however, that are of significant concern to me. And here's why. Historians have incessantly warned us not to disregard the lessons of history, lest we repeat failures that could have been avoided. Nevertheless, humanity has habitually ignored the obvious realities of past misdeeds, regardless of how costly or disastrous. There were only nine people at the funeral of Karl Marx. The Communist Manifesto and his socialist ideology should have perished with him. Were it not for the members of the Fabian Socialist Society in Great Britain, Marx's Communist Manifesto actually might have died with him, and the suffering of millions and millions of people could have been avoided. The Fabian Socialists and our own American progressives, however, could not resist adopting a concept of governance that allowed them to rule over all of us peons to satisfy their dreams of untold wealth and dictatorial power. In their evil minds, they considered themselves so brilliant that they had the right to impose their worldview on everyone. Using the Hegelian dialectic, thesis, antithesis, synthesis, the elite globalists have succeeded in advancing collectivist governance in America. We have compromised on every issue to avoid the stress and discomfort that is a necessary part of drawing a non-negotiable line in the sand. Predictably, after each strategic loss, we sat back down on the couch, congratulating ourselves on avoiding conflict. They used that time to plan their next confrontation, having learned how easily we had been tricked to move toward their position. That cycle of history, constantly repeated, has led to the gradual erosion of our individual freedom and the constitutionally guaranteed protections of the Bill of Rights. Every 
compromise, every lapse of attention, and the empty promises of the lying politicians we believed with hope and optimism have only created division and hatred. The American dream we sought to pass on to our children is uncertain, and the actual survival of our nation is in jeopardy. In the past, our nation has faced existential dangers. Usually, the threat was from a conventional military force outside our borders. Our enemy now is a domestic insurgency that seeks to destroy by insurrection the principles of individual freedom and national greatness in which we have believed and under which we have lived since our war of independence. Here's another lesson from history. In 1938, a Jewish student assassinated a German diplomat in Paris. Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi Minister of Enlightenment and Propaganda, used the incident to inflame Hitler's stormtroopers into an anti-Semitic fury. The Nazis called it Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass. Starting in the evening of November 9, 1938, and lasting through the evening of November 10th, Jewish synagogues, homes, schools, cemeteries, and businesses were vandalized, set on fire, and destroyed. On the order of Goebbels, the nationwide pogrom was engineered to look like spontaneous demonstrations. Local police were forbidden to interfere with the looting, burning, and killing. Over 200 synagogues were destroyed, burned to the ground, along with all of the holy things inside. Almost 100 Jews were murdered, and more than 30,000 Jewish men were taken to concentration camps. This past year in America, we have seen violence, wanton destruction of private property, and injury to innocent people by Antifa, BLM, and other anarchist groups in America's cities that was sanctioned, ignored, and even encouraged by local governments. Yes, many of these started out as so-called peaceful demonstrations, but they were taken over by Antifa, BLM, and anarchist groups who planned to be there all along and use the peaceful event to destroy the inner cities of our country. This cycle of urban violence in America today is unfortunately not haphazard or accidental. It has been purposely set in motion by the contemporary American version of the perpetrators of the original Kristallnacht. Cell phone video reveals anarchists, now instead of brown dressed in black, breaking storefront windows, looting, and setting fires without fear of arrest. Like the killing of the German diplomat in Paris, the violence in our cities cannot be considered a legitimate retaliation for the instigating event, regardless how, of how malicious it may have been. If our nation is to survive, 
patriots must stand up to break the cycle of compromise. We cannot continue to ignore the lessons of history. We have to break the cycles of history that are now in not in our favor. We cannot comply with the unconstitutional edicts of legislators and bureaucrats whose only interest is power and financial gain. We can no longer accept being ruled by arrogant elitists and their useful idiot allies who exempt themselves from the laws they require us to obey. It is also most important that we as patriots reach out to neighbors, friends, our children, our grandchildren to teach them American history, engage in discussions about freedom, and help them understand the dismal failures of collectivism and tyranny. We must perform individual acts of secession and say, I will not comply with unconstitutional rules, regulations, and laws. This is the lesson of history we must learn. Not everyone disregards the past. Evil never sleeps. Evil uses past failures to achieve success in the future. Resist tyranny and trust in freedom. This is Dr. Dan. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom.
to hear that old man sing. Yeah, when I play the hoochie-coochie man I get joy in everything Everything, everything Everything gonna be all right this morning Once you hear Dr. Dan, weekends on WJRB 95.1 FM, you'll know he's right. Really, this is a nation that is built upon the concept of private property ownership. As a matter of fact, the right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Catch Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. and again Sundays at 2.30 p.m. and 7 p.m. on News Talk 95.1.